go through spits and spurts where we don't talk and then we talk a lot oh but so much has been happening steve <laughs> why have you been on holiday again no i haven't no i haven't, I haven't been on no oh god i've been doing anything but being on holiday i i had one of those afternoons where i literally wanted to pick up my laptop computer put it on the floor and just stomp on it just <laughs> okay cancel my meetings Dave, I want you to know I'm listening. Oh, God. Oh, there's no rhyme or reasons. It's just... <laughs> well, that's it's, the worst. I've got to tell you, if there is no rhyme or reason, listen, it, that's bad. It's part, of, it's part of one of my new and fun extra responsibilities. <laughs> like I, uh, it, The tool that I have to use to do project management and tasks for these customers yes. and assigning tasks to other people in my team. It's abhorrent, isn't it? Mate, you you need. I don't know, Stephen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how the tables have turned in just twenty four short episodes. Uh, listen, I've, I've worked in IT long enough to yes. know that people make bad things. <laughs> right? I understand. I understand that not every user interface is well thought out. Mm. Not every user experience is. Um, as logical as you would like, but mate, this particular thing that I have to use now, and, and to make it worse, I'm not using this every single day. I'm using this about maybe four or five times a month. Yes. So just enough time to completely forget how it works <laughs> and all these ridiculous little quirks. And the, oh, by the way, no, you need to tick that box because if you don't, you know, this just dumb stuff. Yeah. And and today oh, it was it was just appalling. Like, I had to assign a task to one of my team members for some work that he's got to do for me. And the work that he's going to do will take him about three hours, right? That leaves us three, three hours that he will be at a customer site doing some work to keep the customer happy. Stephen, can you guess how long it took me to assign a task oh, to him today? Longer than I would expect. It took three hours. Oh, my. That's not, that's not possible. <laughs> it took three hours. It did. It really did. It took me three hours to assign a task to a person who will How? now spend three hours doing the task. Like, I don't... Honestly, oh, Dave, it's in my mind... and it's dumb, Steve. But in my mind, it should be, you know, either here is the project, and I need... The person is set as a resource, uh, no, and I now, assign now, person now, to now, project. But, Stephen, what you've got to understand is that these tasks are all preset with the kind of resources that they're expecting them to be carried out by. Great. But the people who I want to use are a different kind of resource. And you can't edit the kind of resource that you're doing, Stephen. So what you need to do is you need to clone the task and change oh. it into a new task. And when it's a new task, then you can maybe in that one change the resource type. But then, of course, that breaks a whole bunch of other things. And it's just... There is just this long list of bloody things that you have to do, and it just is. Was this afternoon was slowly driving me insane. So I think that next time, next time I have to do this, I don't think it will take me three hours again, because I now have made enough notes, and and, and like filled up enough notebooks with you know weird little incantations that I now realise that you have to do to make this bloody thing work. 
So yeah, that was that was a very large part of my day, Stephen. Fantastic stuff, loving it. Well, <laughs> so, so I mean, first Dave. Yeah. A little bit of me just died, um, <laughs> and and secondly, Dave. Mm. What the hell is that shit? Oh, it's well, it, it, and just to make it better, this, this is where it gets really, really great. So this is this this particular tool has a list of all of these tasks that that we're that we're supposed to carry out for the customers, right? Yeah, that's the theory. In, uh-huh. pra- in practice, you look at like the description of what this particular task is, and it's like, hmm. I'm not liking any of these I, feelings I, right now. I wonder if the customer actually wants that. And you go and you talk to the customer, and you go, hey, you've got a whole bunch of these tasks in your project for us to deliver this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh, we don't want that. <laughs> oh. We'd like this, though. Oh, okay, that's great. So you go back to the project list. There are no tasks in there for what the customer <sighs> actually wants. So then I'm, like, I'm in stress mode then. I'm just going, uh, uh, and someone's finally you know, sat me down and went through it with me and said, it's fine. You don't, like, they don't need to line up perfectly. It's just for accounting, basically. All you really need to do is if what the customer wants is going to take four hours... Find one of these tasks that takes four hours and basically just, you know, convert it and, you know, clone it and do some magic and, and then hand it off to someone to do the work that you want to do. It's fine. But, of course, that means that everything has the wrong label on it. So when you want to go back to it three weeks later and go, where is that task that I decided we would use for this? I've just got no idea where it is. <laughs> I've just got no idea Is this a, Is this a, a, a proprietary thing that someone made for you or in-house for you or is it an off-the-shelf thing or is it someone else's well, thing? I don't know. I, I don't... I, I, I just... I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, a few years ago, pretty much the bulk of the stuff that we do in our organisation got shifted to uh, salesforce.com. So oh, I don't there's know... there's your problem. Where, well, I don't know if this, if this is a module that they've created... It wouldn't surprise me if it's a module that we've created. No, there is massive weird, money. Weird hybrid thing. Yeah, there is massive money in people making um, content, making uh, Salesforce plugins, because Salesforce are a, a global brand in mm. what they do. Oh, yeah. Fine, knock yourselves out. But then, of course, they then happily license anybody that has a half a brain, uh, and I do mean only half a brain, uh, to be able to access... Um, the API, so that then, yeah, create your Salesforce plugin. That's like amazing. Oh no, no. Look, the, given the the way that this thing all hooks hooks up to some of our other systems, we have had it. We are largely responsible at some level for the 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 crazed design choices in this thing. Like this is this is like. I don't know whether we actually developed it in house, but we certainly asked for it to be like this. Um, but. As is almost always the case with t- these sorts of tools and big organisations, the people who are, you know, implementing this or signing off on it never use it. Like, yeah. <laughs> not for a second. No, no one, no one important enough to sign off on something this big will ever have to use this horrible, horrible tool. Not for a moment. <laughs> They're the sort of people who don't even have to read their own email because they have someone to read it for That's them right. and These print people... out the ones that are important. <laughs> yeah, they don't even have to read like the spec. They just go. Oh. We're going to tell you how it is, and you'll like it, Mm. and then we'll tell you to part your cheeks. So it's it's been it's been a big week, Stephen. It has been a very very big week because of course getting some of this stuff done today was quite critical because I've got to go and go to Canberra later in the week and yes, 
So all this had to be done first. And so, um, yeah. So, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm, you know, I was pretty close to day drinking today, <laughs> which I, I try not to do. I love how you think days. you need an excuse for that, but anyway. Well, you're on weekdays, when I'm not on holidays, I try no, to avoid it. To be fair, you're in a job where if you don't have a call out, day drinking is just filling out project allocations. Well, it and... used to be. <laughs> It's just, ah, it's, it doesn't work quite that way anymore, Stephen. It's, anyway, but enough of me lamenting that. It, it look, to be honest with you, that was one of the most frustrating things that happened to me this week, but it wasn't one of the most surprising, because this sort of thing, it's, it's not a shock. The most surprising thing to me, Steve, happened, and I, I did tweet to you about this on mm. Sunday. Mm. I'm looking forward to hearing all about this. I, I got hoodwinked into being at a choral performance. And now, and to make things better, yes. a choral performance where at least for ooh, more than half of it, one of my own children was not even participating. So I had to listen to other children, oh. other people's children singing songs, Stephen. Okay, we need to roll this back because there are many, many words that you said <laughs> that I need to just touch on. Um, how, how does one get hoodwinked into this performance, Dave? Okay, so... Into attending the performance. Look... So, uh, a, a bloody thing came round the, in the school notices talking about how there was a, a choir workshop that was going to happen over last weekend. Yes. And we thought, oh, that might, that sounds like something that Callie might be interested in. So we sort of asked her, you know, want to do this? And she was like, yeah, that'd be great. And I didn't really look at the details, Stephen. I just, <laughs> just like, weekend activity, a child out of the house... And it was free, and I'm like, "Wow, that's even better! Wow. Like, free, yeah, go so educate. That's that's amazing." And you know, it turned out that um, as part of it, uh, some of the Sydney Youth Choir were coming down to take part in the workshop. Oh, great. Yeah. with our kids, I'm like, "Wow, that's, that's so." Yeah, so obviously someone's getting an arts grant <laughs> if you're hmm. bus- busing in, you know, forty children from Sydney to Albury for a weekend. Um, and, and I don't want to get you know too lost, but those poor kids. Imagine, guess what, kids, for the weekend, you're going to Albury. And not only are you not mm. going to go there and not see any of the interesting things that are around there, you're going to spend the entire weekend in a primary school hall with a bunch of other kids who aren't, you know, practised choristers. And we're going to make this you know, sound half reasonable by Sunday afternoon. So... Yeah, I do feel a bit sorry for those kids. Or sure. I did, I did until I had to listen to them singing. They sang a song about Wi-Fi, Steve. <laughs> what was the song about Wi-Fi, Dave? It was a song about. It was about how great it was that Wi-Fi was invented. Well, they're correct. They're not wrong. <laughs> well, let's Steve, be fair, Steve. Listen, I might be a bit of a philistine. <laughs> you know, I'm the first to admit I am not. Um, I am not necessarily uh, someone who is a regular arts patron. Like, you know, I, sure. I, I go on to the, the, the local th- um, theatre company and I, I really enjoy the, the, the stuff that they bring into town. But, you know, that, 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 that's about it. So I, I'm not, you know, I'm not connected deeply yeah. into the arts community. But it does strike me that, you know, when they say, when, like, we, we got there to what I thought was going to be a performance where the kids, our, our own children, would would 
be performing. Yes. And and Callie had said to us that they'd worked on five songs. I'm thinking, Great. Well, that's pretty good. Yep. We're talking 15 to 30 minutes tops. Yeah. But we get there to see, you know, all the local children sitting in the front rows. And it's just Ooh. like, this is an interesting choice. And then we see a very, very chipper lady from Sydney who pops up and tells us how lucky we are that the youth choir is going to put on a performance for us before our kids sing. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just like, hang on a minute. This is not what I signed up for. Well, and look, the first hint, to be quite honest with you, Stephen, was as we were walking into the, the little school hall, only to find that there was, like, a cover charge to come in. Oh. <laughs> and it's never good when there's a cover charge to come and see something that your own children are performing in. in oh, fact, no. That's a red flag for me. <laughs> yes. And, and, and immediately, like, as soon as I saw that, I started having flashbacks yes. to, to ballet concerts. Oh, for sure. Now, did, did, did your little girl ever do ballet? Dave, allow yeah. me to finish that or answer that question with this statement. Our daughter did a year's worth of dance mm-hmm. at a dance school local to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how many thousand dollars did it cost you to attend her end of year concert? Not many, but we did get <laughs> roped into a couple of things. Uh, however, additionally, um, my two baby sisters, as I was growing up, oh. did uh, all of the ballets from when they were before school uh, to the youngest of them until she left high school and is now a dance teacher at high school. Now, was it as a bigger scam back then as it is now? Because, like, I've got to tell you, I felt pretty seriously burnt out by the What is this scam of which you talk about, Dave? What do you mean? Okay, so... How can so, I not go along and support my sisters in their want to become dancing professionals? Hang on, hang on. Uh, by so, attending their annual concert. So let's step back. Let's step back. So, to, for, first thing, when you have got a four-year-old little girl, you know, who is going to a dance class with a bunch of other four-year-old little girls? Yes, they, and they dance like four-year-olds. They, they sure do. They sure do. Uh, you know. Uh, Quite well, in my experience, and all the things that we'd seen the kids to previously, you know, if the kids were going to put on a little show, it would be the kids who are attending whatever thing, and you'd go along at the end of one of the classes, like you know, you'd show up 10 minutes early, they would do their thing, everyone smiles, everyone claps, everyone goes home, no worries. Yep, sure. Right? But in the ballet thing, that's not how it works at all. In the ballet thing, that little class of four year olds have to be part of a gala day yes with every other girl in a tutu in the entire like 100 kilometer radius yes <laughs> right so they are just one act in a long long very very long list of yes. acts yes many all of the acts and of course Steve because there are so many acts well you know, that $40 ticket price is very reasonable for the amount of entertainment that you're going to get. Yes. Despite the fact that all you really want to see is your own child who's going to be on stage for a total of three and a half minutes. Yes. Mm. Mm. Now, of course, Steve, because it is part of the gala day, mm. uh, the costumes need to be top-notch. 
which means you need to hire them from the ballet school yes. for your child to wear them in the gala day. Yes. So, so at this point, you are up for hiring their costume, making a contribution to the cost of the makeup that they are going to be wearing. And let me tell you, it's a pretty frightening look for a four-year-old to be wearing some of the makeup that the ballet school people put on. Mm. An exorbitant bloody cost for your ticket. And then, should you be foolish enough to want to have, you know, a recording of the performance, because, of course, you're not allowed to record yourself, that, you know, that that's against the rules, um, you're up for another, like, 30 or 40 bucks. Mm. So... Like, and, and of course, this is a, this is the, the the school you have been paying fees to yes. for the entire year for them to let your darling child like run around in circles, yes. um, like for an hour a week, like 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 they've already done pretty well out of you, but now they are just stinging you again and again and again to hold this gala day, ninety eight percent of which you have absolutely no interest in. Mm. And and yet you come out like hundreds of dollars worse off, Dave. Without wanting to minimise your pain, um, uh, allow me to give you my alcoholic beverage that you may partake in the clinging to while I tell you my story. Okay, you go. Wrong. I'm not crazy though, am I? Like, it's like that is bullshit. My sisters, both of them, going through at least ten years of ballet each. Mm-hmm. They are separated by. Uh, three, four years. So when, you know, my mum didn't do things by halves. When uh, one girl started, they both started ballet. So the youngest one was in like the babyest baby class. Um, and the older one was in like grade one or two or whatever when, when she started. And they hung in, like I said, for most of their high school, if not all of their high school career. Um, so by my math, I've attended at least... Eight, nine Christmas concerts, uh, umpteen million performance days, uh, many, 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 many dance lessons where I've had to sit outside, all pre-iPad iPhone, where I had to entertain myself, um, and doing homework didn't qualify as entertaining myself, because who wants to do homework sitting in the car waiting for your sisters at ballet? Um... Uh, and my parents have bought countless leotards to which my mum has either arranged to sew or stuck on many, many, many millions of sequences, sequences, sequins. Um, uh, and that was, I think, the only way that they made my sister's dance careers possible was because my mum is very handy with the, 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 the stitching and the making of things. Um, and she rallied some other mums and they went hell for leather and didn't just do like our sister's classes um, costumes, but made whole other classes of costumes um, and worked with the, the, the teachers and the, the, the teacher principal at the dance school so that they could come up with reasonably simple but effective, particularly for the bulk of kids through primary school, right? Because you don't want to spend thousands of dollars in buying or hiring leotards and well, costumes and things and all that stuff. Unless you're the dance school who's hiring that stuff back to their own students' well, parents. Well, see, that's, that's, that's a massive <laughs> scam, and because I don't know how they they wigged it, but 
Basically, they didn't do well, that well, at this m- dance school. Maybe they were nicer back in the you know, late seventies, early eighties. Maybe Stephen. they didn't see it as an alternate income stream. Oh, Dave, God. yeah, it's pretty ludicrous, isn't it? Mm. It's a bit painful, Stephen. It is, and, and <laughs> like, let's bear in mind this is probably seven, eight, maybe even nine. Actually, it might be nine years ago that this happened. And I'm, as you can tell, I'm still pretty <laughs> bitter about it. So it clearly has had a pretty, pretty significant, oh, you know. Yeah. Well, when our, our daughter <clears throat> did it, right, oh, there was none of the making of the things. And, and God bless Michelle, she's crafty, but she's not sit down and let's make 13, you know, sort of sashes with sequins that it means that you can now dance along to Chain Reaction by Diana Ross. Um, it's none of that. Uh, I don't think that they went down the hiring, but they certainly went, you know, your daughter's performance piece because she's in this class means that she needs to wear this outfit and you can buy it from this place. Oh, God. Anyway, all this is in the service of saying, when I rocked up to the uh, the the choral performance on Sunday and I saw that there was a, a $10 uh, door charge per person... Oh, Dave. It, you it knew set, you were in for a treat. It set the alarm bells going. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it's kind of like Martin Sheen in that hotel room just with the with the ceiling fan. <laughs> yes. Get, get the flashbacks. I'm just like, oh, here we go. I know where this is headed. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, the... the, 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 the this, the only like the tiny mercy uh, from that afternoon was that we hadn't made Rupert come along with us <laughs> because right up until we walked out the door, Rach was pretty you know, determined that Rupes was going to come along and, and he had no interest in it whatsoever. And she's like, no, you should come along and you should support your sister and blah, blah, blah. blah. And, you know, he was a bit, you know, sooky. And I did point out the fact that, to be fair, uh, whenever we go and do anything for Rupert, which is you know, usually hockey or something like that, yes. there is no support from his little sister. Despite the fact that she plays hockey herself, she will not sit down for like an entire game and watch Rupert <laughs> Rupert play. So you know, <laughs> like she'll be there for about two minutes until she finds someone she knows, and then she's like, "Oh, we'll be off." Yep. So, given that's the case, uh, he got a bit of a leave pass, and when we got there and realised we, we would have had to pay. Like an extra ten bucks for him to just sit there and be seething for an hour. We were very, very glad that we let him <laughs> stay at home. I tell you what, it just could have been so, so, so horrible. Oh yeah, so that was that was a great, great, great way to polish off a weekend, Steve. <laughs> oh wow, Dave. Oh, and look, it's not. The, and it's not even. The, like I don't have, have a problem with, you know. Choirs, like I, I, I think they can be quite beautiful, but it just Steve. They sang about Wi-Fi. <laughs> was it an original piece, Dave? It, it was, and not only was oh, it even original, better. Not only was it an original piece, we were told how fortunate we were because we were mm. only the second audience ever to hear it uh, because it, it had its world premiere like only a, a week or so beforehand at some arts festival. Obviously people with far better taste than I have were paying lots of money to attend. <laughs> I wouldn't think that there are people with better taste than you, Dave. Oh. I would just think that there are people with like, alternate like, taste to you. like quiet. I like quiet. It's not even that I don't like choirs. I just didn't want to listen to this choir on this Sunday afternoon when I wasn't expecting it. Yes. Is that, is, is that wrong? <laughs> Am I a misanthrope, Stephen? <laughs> 
I think far from it, Dave. I think that you're a patron of the arts that prefers to take their arts in a different fashion. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, look, I would, however, tell you that if that were me, I would either, A, ensure that my daughter never signed up in the first place, uh, B, had she signed up, interrogate her about whatever she this was going know? to be. Well, this, this is the thing, this thing... Rachel, Which leads me very quickly to say, option C, just not attend. <laughs> well, again, it was Rachel who found this thing and suggested it to Callie. So, you know, and at that point, you know, once she said, oh, and we're going along to the the, uh, the concert at the end, mate, I, at, that, at that point, I have no agency. I mean, really. Yeah, now you are kind of stuck. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 at that point, you know, no. <laughs> There, there, there is nothing that you, that you can say at that point no. other than absolutely I can't wait to get there yeah, <laughs> my, other than good luck it's been great so my, mind you I, look I mightn't have done as well as humanly possible to hide my displeasure <laughs> <laughs> to the point where uh, and, and, and look to be fair I don't think Rach was was all that you know, thrilled at the idea of this thing taking uh, more than twice as long as we were expecting to listen to children that we'd never met before. Uh, but that said, every time she looked at me, like she just started laughing. So clearly, <laughs> my face was sending a message, <laughs> even if my words were not. So just as much as you thought you were managing to maintain it, Dave, and, and hide it and mask it away... <laughs> oh, I wasn't hiding anything. That was not the case. Nothing, nothing. I, I, I might suggest, Dave, that you did mention before we started conversing that, that Rachel was feeling unwell. Uh, and perhaps it was indeed this performance that gave her the shits. <laughs> it, may, it may well have done, Stephen. It may well have done. No, no she, she's she, yes. My, my poor dear wife has, is not well at the moment. It's no good, mate. No, it's, it's always it's, horrible when you know your beloved is unwell and there's naught you can do about it. Yeah. No, it's, well, now I'm just just in the don't get sick yourself. Like oh mode. yeah, just, just hoping that she's no longer infectious. Because well, you don't even have the option of saying, oh, "I'll cross my legs and I'll go to the bathroom at work so that I'm away from the illness." Nope. nope. No, it's like uh, I just will walk in through the haze of Glen Twenty my, that I have just the sprayed. The miasma of of yeah, illness. Yeah, 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 overtaking the house, but um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just. A long day, Steve. Long, oh, I can imagine. It feels long. It sounds like it's long. Oh, can... There's been upsides to today, though. Yeah, which are? I've got a Roomba. What? What? I've got a Roomba. I know what a Roomba is. I'm just, what? <laughs> well, no, no, here's the thing. So, we, we have this thing at work where if you do a good job, Stephen... Instead of getting a pay rise or a financial oh, bonus... no, Dave. Don't finish this. You get points. Oh, Dave. And then what you can do, once you've saved up enough points, is you can trade the points in in this little online store. I would which, like to give you my points for is, money. Give me is, my, my pay increase, my bonus. Which is great because, of course, in this store, there is a... you know. A limited uh, range of things. That oh, you can I can purchase. imagine very limited. Yes, you've got no idea how much, how the points actually relate to real dollars, so you don't know whether what you're purchasing is good value or not. And of course, you never have the advantage of you know going to a real store where they might have a sale or something like that every now and again. So you can guarantee 
that you are paying rec retail price. Oh, Dave. Or, or, or who knows, because... I mean, so this Roomba was... Um, it was, uh, I think it was 2,200 points. Oh, God. But this, this, this is... is... I don't know what that... But for all I know, that could be like $76. I just oh, don't or know. Or 100 million Nairobi dollars. It could I mean, be. I don't, you know what? It's a horrible system, but it's the one that we have. So I went to the store. It's and our know, system. That's oh right. Oh, God. So I went to the store, and what was I looking for? I think I was actually looking for like a handheld vacuum cleaner, like, like a dust buster type thing. Because we have a cat, and so because of that, our house, and the fact that it's a very, very old house, which means there always seem to be seeping dust out of a crack somewhere or another, our house is just perpetually dusty. So I thought, oh, a dust buster would be good. Anyway, I go on there, and I couldn't find a dust buster other than ones that looked really cheap and horrible, but I did see a Roomba. And I had enough points, Stephen, to buy a Roomba. And let me tell you, I don't think I would ever actually purchase a Roomba if I had to think about how much money I was spending. But Stephen, they were just points. And there was nothing else good to buy, so we got a Roomba! <laughs> so, so far. So were there far. other options? I mean, I feel like I should have been consulted. <laughs> well, well, there, there were other, well, you could buy televisions and bits and pieces on there, but I have a feeling, again, as I said before... The, if a Roomba is 2,200, a television is 11 million. Yeah, the, the televisions cost a lot of points. And, and the ones that don't cost a lot of points, I have suspicions that they really aren't very good televisions, just quietly. The, I'm always sceptical of, like, a reward point scheme, even when it comes to, like, oh, I can spend my Qantas points at the Qantas store and get, you know, an Apple Watch or it's some Lego. It's because they're bullshit. <laughs> And like, how are that your magical points any less bullshit? Are they, are they not? They're, they're, they're as bullshit as they come, let me tell you. Um, but and, that's what I mean. Like, how how is it a reward, perceived or otherwise, if they are effectively bargaining and buying you guys off by giving you bullshit rewards points to buy bullshit you didn't need in the first place? And what will Steve? It's called recognition. Oh please! I know. Not for a minute. I know it is. It is. It is. Horrible. I'm now angry on your behalf, <laughs> even though you got what you wanted. Well, I didn't. This is the thing. I don't think I really wanted a Roomba, but, <laughs> but I'm glad I have a Roomba now because um, you're yeah. one of the few people in your house that can say I have a Roomba. <laughs> well, not just that. So we, 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 you know, charged it up and found a little spot for it. To, to, uh, Great. This afternoon, and and so I thought, oh, you know, when I saw that it was all charged, I thought, oh. I'll, I'll kick it off and, um, and I'll, I'll see how it goes. And I let it that. loose on the house, Dave. We, yeah, and I thought I'd do that. Yeah, like, like we we don't have a large house, and so my, my little corner, yes. where, where I work from, is a stand, a tiny little standing desk, uh, in one corner of our lounge room. And uh, so, yeah, that's the place that is you know, most often needed to be kept clean. So that's where we put the room. Sure, I thought, quite. So I thought, you know what. I'll just stand here and I'll do a bit of work and I'll let the Roomba go around the rest of the room and I'll, and, you know, one, the magic. Multi, oh, yeah, I'm practically multitasking, Steve. Yeah. You, you know what none of those, like, awesome product videos for Roombas ever show you or even the funny ones where someone's got their cat sitting on sure. a Roomba? Hilarious. You know what these videos never show you? What don't they show you, Dave? Roombas are really fucking loud, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they are, are really, really loud. It's not like this nice little quiet... No, no, no! They are really, really loud. Like, like we, we've got like, like an old school Dyson vacuum cleaner, 
and the Roomba is not much quieter than the Dyson. So all of a sudden, my, my, like my visions of the Roomba, you know, grooving around the house and just cleaning the whole place up while I worked away during the day. No, that's just not going to happen. Because... Well, the problem is it can happen. The catch is that it's like having a vacuum cleaner on all day. Yeah, which, you know, Steve, given the fact that clearly the Roomba is a vacuum cleaner, like in hindsight, perhaps I, I should have realised that it would be ridiculously noisy. However, it's just not something that ever crossed my mind because in every video I've ever seen of a Roomba, either like there's like funky music playing because it's a product video, or sure. you know, you're too distracted by the fact that cats are doing funny things with them. Our cat is not a fan of the Roomba. No, I can imagine. I mean, what you really need is a, either a stuffed cat or a rag doll that you can pose. And just let it fly past you on the rumor as you film it and giggle the whole way through. Listen, our, our cat is already, let, let, let's just say, a little anxious. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, it's not going to help the cat. <laughs> no, it's not going to help. And you know what? Part of me is okay with that. Because <laughs> our cat is a bit of an asshole. Um... So, yeah, so I've had, a no- I've had a noisy Roomba, which I then had to you know, switch off because... It was too loud. I just couldn't. I couldn't work because of the noise of the Roomba. I had a laptop that I wanted to destroy. I had a sick wife. I'm still dealing with the aftermath of paying a cover charge to go and see not only see my own child sing some songs, but see other people's children who I don't know and don't particularly care for sing songs. I mean, like they were good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't want anyone to think that you know that, that I, I didn't think that these children were talented. Like in fact, like I said, I think they're the real victims. That they like, we didn't finish up this thing until like four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and these poor buggers are then hopping in a bus to go back to Sydney. Oh, yeah. Like, like that. That's an, how great we got to sing the Wi-Fi song. We got, yeah, we got to sing the Wi-Fi song at Albury Public School. Great. <laughs> that's just that. What what a sight. Like I said, <laughs> someone someone got an arts grant, and mm. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that the. Uh, that the conductors, is that what you call them? You, you, you know this stuff. You, you call it a, a conductor when they stand in front of a choir, don't you? Oh, yeah, choir master. Some, okay. Others have special names for themselves that include wanker. Okay. Well, I'm sure they're getting paid. Yeah. And, and, and someone else, like I said, someone got an oh, arts grant. Yeah, they're grant. not doing it for love. No, no, someone got an arts grant, and we know that for sure because they actually had the local state MP there to give a little speech at the end, which, which again, when you've sat through a whole bunch of strange children singing about Wi-Fi... And then you've had to you listen to your own kids. And they had audience participation, Steve. Did I mention that? No, we didn't get this far. Oh, they had audience participation in one What of does the that look like, Dave? It, it meant that the crowd was supposed to sing along a section of, like, like, sing a part of the song when we were given the cue. This is the Wi-Fi song? No, no, no. This was a pirate song. Well, that's a shame, because if it was a Wi-Fi song, I was hoping it was a bit where it goes, searching, 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 there, there, no network found. There, there, there was, like... A bit that where they sort of went, like made this like uh, almost like a, a repetitive noise, like a, a beep 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 noise, and I I didn't know whether they were trying to emulate a modem or whether that was just supposed to be some kind of you know uh. um, lyrical interpretation of binary or I don't uh, what know. it is is that somebody has absolutely no idea has tried to mimic a modem. Oh, uh, well, there, there was lots dial. of talks. There was lots of talk of connectivity. Uh, not a lot of talk about TCP/IP stacks, though, to be quite blunt. So again, from it my perspective, like it, it, it it sounded a bit airy fairy. It's the choral version of the government's version of the NBN. 
Yes! You know, what yes! it should have been was can't connect, congestion, slow speeds. Who calls this Wi-Fi? That's was, how the song should have gone. It was like that Telstra... Uh, no, it was, no, was it Telstra ad? No, it actually might have been the NBN ad that like talked up all the awesome stuff that they were doing and on the ad where they showed people gaming and then turned around a couple of weeks later and said, oh, gamers are ruining the NBN. Uh, you know, oh, what a load of rubbish. It's It's been... Like, what a load of rubbish. Yeah, it's been... It's been a time, Steve. <laughs> oh. But I do have a rumor. Anyway, so what was the pirate song? That, what was the part you had to do? Did um, you have to go, yar? No. No? No. Oh, I can't forget. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 not, I'm not singing it, Stephen. I, 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 again, I had to pay to go and do audience participation. I mean, I mean, look... Look, it's not like Rock Quiz. Like, when I went along to Rock Quiz, and I paid to go to Rock Quiz, and, and there was audience participation there, and I was happy for audience participation yeah, at Rock Quiz. I, I had an expectation that there should be audience participation at Rock Quiz. In, in fact, Stephen, I, I, you know, like, I busted my guts to be an audience participant at Rock Quiz when they were in town. That's right. fine. That is fine. That is not the same as being in a Sunday afternoon in a primary school hall. Like, no. li- listen to songs about Wi-Fi. But also, let's put that in perspective, right? Like, you joining into audience participation uh, that takes place at a rock quiz taping. Oh, it's oh, bloody oh, rock quiz. Let me, let me tell you. Look, and as as charming as some of the... As enthusiastic and charming as some of the, the, the choir, master, conductor, stuff per- persons were... Mm. No, Julia Zemiro, let me No. Let me I mean, tell you. One, 100%. I mean... Although, although, to be fair, one of them was French. So... No, uh, she, even still. I mean, Julia, so she, she, Julia's so, multilingual. Well, well, it's true. Anyway... Um, I mean, this, this is the problem. I think that she's both me and my wife's hall pass. <laughs> I don't see why you think that's a problem, Steve. I just don't know how that would work. <laughs> if you search the internet, mate, I'm pretty sure you can find some Are you telling me that there is a place on the internet that can tell me how that can work? I'll send you some links later. <laughs> There's actually a Netflix series that tells me how that works. Did you know that? Oh, um... I think I know the one that you're talking you, about. You, me, her. Yeah, no, I, I have seen that pop up on Netflix and I have seen... It is the uh, weirdest thing. Now, I have and seen I'd... people say how bad it is and so I haven't even jumped in there. Like, the... Have you... In, if, if we're talking that sort of genre yeah. of Netflix relationship type stuff... Sure. Have you seen the one called Easy? Oh, no, but I think I've heard about it, but keep so, talking. Well, it, Easy... Like, it's just a whole... But like, like each episode is sort of like um, like a separate story, uh, and at some level, some of them are sort of interconnected. Um, and then in, a, in the second series, they revisit some of the same couples from um, the first one, but in like completely different scenarios. Um, and they're just they, oh, I really enjoyed that one. Like some of those ones are really really sweet. Some of them are quite you know. Uh, gut wrenching and sad and like it's pretty cool but uh no the the the, the takes on you may her sort of had me going yeah nah. yeah well I, I watched a couple of apps and i just went i mean i may i know i live a sheltered life dave there's no question <laughs> about that but i can see no reality where a husband and wife have been together for even if they've been together for 10 years 20 years pick a number of years that they both decide that, you know, maybe to spice things up, they might bring someone into the relationship 
so they hire an escort. I'm sure that that happens. I, I don't doubt the veracity of that. Mm-hmm. But that they then both fall in love with the escort. And the escort and then, decides that she's going to have relationships yeah, with him as well. Yeah, but the escort yeah. is so enamoured with both of them that she feels, <laughs> yes, I will enter this strangely, you know, polyamorous but, but uh, closed relationship. However, yeah. I will still have sex with other people as my job while, like, I just... It, it hurt my brain thinking through the logistics <laughs> of it. It really did. And oh. I may have overthought it. I completely acknowledge that. <laughs> as a premise for what is ultimately a comedy relationship drama on Netflix, I just went, I don't buy it. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the both falling in love with the, the escort, like, like the, that's pushing credulity, but when the escort falls in love with both of them as well, that's when you're really sort of going, really? You know what I buy? Really? One of One of the couple falling in love with the escort and either the escort shunning them and just going, it was just a job, you paid me money and it, things happened. Yep. Or the escort falling in love with that person and them leaving the other partner and having a whole other relationship. Yep, they, they all seem qu- quite... That uh, seems more yep. close and accurate to what actually happens in real life than whatever that is perpetrated on my TV screen. <laughs> Uh, well, see, but, but see, here's the thing, Steve. Here's the thing. Would it be more realistic to you if the third person that they had both fallen in love with had not been a sex worker? Because from my perspective, that's a big part of what stretches the credibility mm. of the story because the only reason that they're meeting this person is because they're a sex worker who, you know, by definition um, is not looking to enter into any kind of romantic entanglement with these people, whereas had they just maybe met a third person at a nightclub or a bar or you know, on the internet, then perhaps it would be less weird. Or is that just my take on it? No, look, I, I, th- I would say to you, I think it is... It is more believable, and, and again, I say this as a man who is happily in you know in love with his wife, and and what are we eighteen years, seventeen years this year? You know, as long as she keeps taking me, I'll happily hang around. You know, as long as she's happy for me to be here, that that's fine. Um, I, I think it's more plausible in my understanding that a a third party who is a friend and known to both parties. Um, or certainly very well known to one of the parties, mm. gets invited into that relationship. And I, I would expect that there would have to be a lot of discussion for that to then turn into a long-term three-person engagement, if that makes sense. Sure. It wouldn't just be a, hey, we think this is a good thing. We feel good about this. He slash she is pretty hot. Let's do this. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Which is, Again. and I know that brevity and the nature of the show it has to be. They can't drag it out, but I also acknowledge that there would be lots of people confronted with that question by their partner that would just go, um, "What now?" Like they might be convinced to say, "Yeah, all right, I was at university once. I dabbled. Let's have a three-way. Fine," but that's it. It's a very, very different scenario to adding an extra person to a relationship, isn't it? Yeah, and I also acknowledge that there are lots of people that are in all sorts of different types of relationships and many, you know, lots of people in polyamorous relationships. I'm not denigrating that. Please don't mishear me. Um, I'm just 
in the context of this show, I just don't buy it, and I just find it. I, find, it's a, I watched. It's a, it's a bad show. It is a bad show. <laughs> I watched with interest. Well, on, I'm, I'm so glad that I haven't bothered watching it. Then Insight had a whole thing about polyamory a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole bunch of people in the audience, as they want to do. And this is why I like Insight. They don't just have, here's the experts or the people on the panel. They have their audiences full of people who have views on how this works or what this looks like. So they had the people on stage talking about, you know, how they'd gotten into their um, polyamorous relationships or in their multiple partner relationships. And they had also people then in the audience that fitted into that kind of world or experience, including a couple who ran... Um, I guess you would call it like a swingers night uh, or a swingers club, sorry, in Melbourne. Um, You know, and the rules around that and how that works and how they happily invite people and engage people in that and what that looks like and how that for them, you know, having multiple sexual partners in that context is fine and that's, you know, that's their kink or however they put it. it. It was a really interesting, broad conversation that I walked away from going, Look, aces that that lights your fire, people. Like, go hard. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it, it was... I just went... I, I struggled doing the right things by Michelle. I don't know how I would have time... I don't know how I would have time to fit a third person into that, along with having two kids. I Like, I, I, I know the time was different, but back in the day, like olden, like biblical days, if we go in that direction... Guys had multiple wives, in part because that was just about protecting your bloodline and making sure that you could be looked after when you were old and all of those sorts of things. And I know well, that... Well, and also because you could, because it was a horrible patriarchal society. Oh, where they the nature of the beast, right? Completely undervalued the, you know, the... Yeah, yeah women were... <laughs> yeah, women were something Cattles. to be bought and sold. That's right. Um, and, but in that, women's place was different at, at, of the time in, in that situation. Unless, of make, course, you're talking about the Catholic Church. <laughs> it doesn't make it better, but you know that they that you're right. They had no place in society as far as like men did, and so they could be included into that. And they they saw their lot. They were trained from birth to believe that their lot was to be engaged in that, and and that was how that functioned. They were there to to give babies to their husband and help the other wives run the family. Um, now like I, I get the benefits of like if three adults can run a family, good luck to you. Um, that's great, but uh, finding time, finding time in your busy life for more than one partner, it's it's why I would never succeed at, at having an affair, Dave. If I ever stupidly decided to go down that path, I just couldn't fit another person in my life. Like not like that. Well, you know, I guess it's all just a, 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 at that point that was just a, a scheduling challenge, Steve. <laughs> Mate, I gotta tell you, like. <laughs> I, un- I-, <laughs> I was going to say, when I start getting text messages going, mate, we just don't have enough time to podcast anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ring and check in on you and go, mate. Oh, no, mate, let me tell you. Again, I got, if, if, if I ever had that inclination and that's where that ended up, if I would be wanting to podcast just to gloat. <laughs> Dave, I worked out how to make my life work. <laughs> Oh boy! And it would probably be the last podcast that I did that I had with you know, that I knew Michelle listened to. Um, <laughs> hell of a way to tell it wouldn't it be that. It's so horrible. Gosh. God. Oh, we're a long way from Roombas. How did we get here? Oh, I don't know. I just want to reaffirm for my wife, who I know will listen to this episode, <laughs> darling, I love you dearly. 
I'm not considering any of that stuff. I'm, I'm meaning to say that I love you in talking about this and that I'm not considering any of that. I love you. It's just all about scheduling, mate. That's all it's about. <laughs> like, there's no time in my calendar. Like, it's... I, I've heard the stories, right, of, of travelling salesmen, particularly in the US, where, you know, you... Oh, you, like you a, would, fa- a family in different states. Yeah, sort of, yeah, where they do the drive, and they are away for six weeks at a time because they're driving salesmen, and they've got to get to places A, B, through to Z, and all that stuff. Um, and, yeah, they, they end up having families in different towns or all of that. I just go, man... Like, that's crazy. And, and and even better is when they find out about the other families, like, that they didn't know. And yes. How, how it, like, I, I reflect on that often, and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, how, <laughs> how would you process that, let's, the perpetrator in this situation is often a man. How would you process <laughs> that your, your husband... Because that's the other thing too. It's not just that they shack up; they get married. Yes. So they have the wedding. Because um, that's part of the the deal, you know. I, yeah, let's get married, honey. Oh, blah blah blah. So they get married, and and they're like, "This is my husband," and now I'm being told that I'm the fourth person that he's married to. So I like have no claim on any of his stuff or things, or I've been, you know, hung out to dry effectively. Me and my two kids. Well, see, so I was gonna say, do you um, uh, that that gets me thinking about is it better or worse to sort of have a the, the, like a family in each state, or oh. or to like do do the runoff and um and ditch your family like 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 you know it's, it's a grey area. You know, like... Oh man, I reckon that you like. Let's go the the latter first. If you're because <laughs> because the, the whole reason I thought about this is, did you see that like obituary um, last yes. month? Oh, that was so good <laughs> about the woman who walked out on her kids. Yes, <laughs> it was like um, she will not be missed, and this world is a better place without her. Like that's a pretty stinging was, obituary. Isn't it was it? the best obituary because it started out light saying, "And here's a woman." <laughs> This woman, blah, blah, blah. And it just got worse by, yep. by the sentence and worse and worse. The world is a better place without her. You know, yep. she will not be missed. Shacked, oh. up, shacked up with her uh, with her husband's brother. Yeah, yeah, who, that's right. It was and dead, left, left her two children with her first husband uh, and they flourished in her absence and all. Oh. <laughs> like, so, is it worse to be like, you know, what was her name? Kathleen uh, Demlo. And just walk out on one family, mm. or you know, or is having multiple families actually like you know the noble thing to do? I mean, it's certainly no. the expensive thing to do. Oh, very expensive. <laughs> Look, I, I, honestly, I reckon, and 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 again, it's it's the best of a bad bunch scenario, right? Have have the courage of your conviction, and if you're not happy in your relationship, get out. Like do the at least do the right thing. Can I say ethically of by you can. by your partner, and 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 acknowledge that this is not working. We're not resolving things. 
done. Well, exactly. G- give them the opportunity to move on. <laughs> I mean, what? Well, yeah, just even, take that for yourself. And even pushing through the fact that, well, maybe there's stuff that you know, this other partner didn't know about and wants to make it work with you so that the outcome is that you guys move on together and actually resolve it rather than just go, everything's crappy. I can't talk to my partner. We're done. I'll just, you know, sideswipe them with, I'm not happy. We're done. And it's, like a band-aid right off they can be angry we get on with life blah 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 and then i go and chase this other person and maybe we have a relationship maybe don't whatever um the cheating is just not a thing in my head that's not a thing um you can't do that you don't do that um yeah when in 1992 dave i think i told you this i traveled australia as like a, a part of a christian rock band and did all of that sort Sorry. of stuff. Sorry. I've told you that story, haven't I? You, you have. Yeah. And, I, and, 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 and I, I'm being really unkind and just laughing at the very concept. Oh, well, no, no, look, I, I, get, I get that people are cynical about that. <laughs> That's fine. <clears throat> um, Sorry. We stayed at a place in the Blue Mountains. Three of us were billeted, billeted by this family, and that's fine. We were billeted in lots of places. However, we noticed that Dad, like, we were there for a week. Dad sort of was there, and then he you know, would go down to work. From the Blue Mountains down to Sydney, which back in 1992, even then I thought was crazy, but I know that heaps more people do it now. And we sort of said to him, I said, we'll see you, you know, sort of tonight. He said, oh, no, no, I'll stay down there, and I'll come back on Friday night. I'll see you guys on the Saturday. Okay, that's fine. Um, And didn't think much of it and then the kids were sort of told he said oh you know you must miss your dad when he's down in the city on you know during the week and, and that sort of thing does he do that all the time and they went oh that's alright he's just with his Sydney family <laughs> oh wow and this I part of the of, story I don't think you mentioned kind of let that go through to the keeper and didn't think much of it and, and <laughs> well, it was you know, the younger it was the younger of the kids that said this so I thought maybe the kids just you know he stays with his parents or you something you were just an innocent boy from Queensland oh no I, well I was very much an innocent boy but you know I certainly didn't I thought I'd give him the benefit of the doubt and then <laughs> was talking to the older of the kids you later your host was an idiot right gotcha <laughs> Oh, no, I was talking to the older of the kids, and I just went, oh, you know, again, you must miss your dad. And I said, well, you know, he calls us, and, and that's all that's all lovely. And, and, and uh, you know, besides, we've got school, and he's got his Sydney family to worry about. I said, oh, does he stay with his parents? And he went, no, no, he has a whole other family there. <laughs> I just love that this is the dude who's billeting out the Christian rock band. <laughs> we took, and, and they took three of us. And we were packed in. One was sleeping on a mattress on the floor and two were in bunk beds. Oh, wow. I think the kids went and slept with mum. Oh, that's fantastic. That is gold. Oh. (laughs) Just. I I could not even compute it. You know, it's what you're used to. Why do people do it, Dave? I mean, I have known some friends of mine to be polyamorous and, and we've had a bit of a chat about that and... I, I have read articles and, you know, friends on Twitter that, that are polyamorous. And again, all of that is fine. I don't judge them for it. They they have their life and that's excellent. Um, for me, I just look at it and go, it is not possible that oh, maybe, certainly I know in the relationship I have with Michelle, it's not a thing, but I also wouldn't entertain it. Does that make sense? It does. But see, I guess, see, here I think it is where 
some of this gets very, very grey and murky, is that, like, when it comes to talking about uh, relationship types and, like, people's different rules and things like that, you can very, very quickly end up down a rabbit hole of definitions. Yeah. I, and, you know, and, 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 I, and I, I think this is also, um, as we've seen, the uh, the regularly lengthening um, acronym, well, you know, initialism, that's not even that, for, you know, the for the uh, LGBTQI plus community as we're continually, like, uh, expanding the definitions to uh, show acceptance and uh, acknowledgement of more and more uh, diverse and specific groups you've like you do you, you can end up down like a, a definition of rat hole and I think that's the same thing with people who have uh, non-monogamous non-traditional relationships because however like whatever rules a, a, a couple comes up with or however they define themselves mm-hmm. once you put a label on it you might find that someone else thinks that that label means something very very different oh yeah I, and, and that's where I think it's bold of my friend and I know that it's still a growing acceptance around things like polyamory but for my friends five years ago to come out and say oh no this is who I am I, I admit that I was not as enlightened as I am now um, not that I made fun of them, but I just went, I don't know how that works. Can you please explain it to me? And when they did, I went, I'm glad that works for you. I, I don't, I can't reconcile that in my head. Well, see, and the other, the other uh, thing about it too is that uh, I, I think uh, some of the criticism I've read of, of polyamory uh, often uh, is very much focused on people who I would almost say aren't engaging in the, their relationships in good faith and they are just using polyamory mm. as an excuse to have... Getting your rocks off. To have multiple relationships but without making any kind of meaningful commitment to anyone that they're having a relationship with. Yeah. And I think that tars those people who are having meaningful relationships with multiple yes. people because yeah, yeah, they yeah. both called the same thing. And and so it's... it's, it's, it's I, look, but- I, 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 I find the whole thing... Uh, very, very interesting. Just from, as you say, for, just from even from a practical pers- uh, perspective of like, how do you make this work? But it's it's also something that I'm very, very wary of um, trying to to define too too much because, again, like I said, everyone has their own definition of the relationship that they're in. I think if people are happy, Steve, we'd just be happy for them. Yeah, oh, and I'm down <laughs> with that. Um, I, I guess that's that. Like, like you sort of said, that there are people that take advantage of relationships in every situation, and that goes for, you know, cisgendered heterosexual relationships. Oh, god, yeah. You know, where people are just in it or taking advantage of the the situation, treating their partner poorly in the process, or or, or whatever. Um, you know, and that's that's not cool. That's not a thing. I've been really enamoured. Uh, and you, I, do you get New South Wales or Victorian TV where you live? Oh, I don't know. I, I, we are uh, we base, we get Victorian news unless there's a New South Wales. Oh, when there's a New South Wales state election, we get uh, ABC Sydney. Yes, and for the rest of the time, we get ABC Melbourne. Okay, what about your more commercial channels? Is what I'm talking about. 
D- uh, Melbourne. Melbourne for the news. Okay. And everything, so, everything else is all the same anyway, isn't it? Well, no, no. Well, yeah, kind of, except for ads, of course. They're regionalised and localised oh, and well, state-based. That, that, they, yeah, it's always the way. Well, yeah, so yeah, we, so when we get um, the... the okay, actually, it's been a fair while since I've seen an ad, Steve. I'm pretty good sure, of yeah, avoiding yeah. commercial TV. But when we do get that sort of stuff, it, yeah, we do get the Made in Melbourne strap across the... I mean... Uh. Melbourne people are so parochial about Punch myself in the face. They oh, are look, so parochial about I'm not trying to turn TV this into Steve. a TV podcast, but trust me, we could head there very quickly. You're right. And that know, in part know. is why it's a big, you know, bullshit yeah. about the Logies coming to the Gold Coast and people not wanting to come and it's too expensive. Because <laughs> half the industry lives in Melbourne and they don't have to pay for them to stay anywhere. <laughs> now they do and they're like, oh, we can't afford it. Shut up, Channel 7. Um, <laughs> the The... The thing that there's stuff, videos that I've seen on Facebook from Victoria Against Violence. It's an initiative of the Andrews government where they have done some really great 30 second ads that are featuring or focusing on, you know, a mate um, at in various social situations with another mate. Um, just guy being basically horrible towards a woman. And his other mate kind of thing, and then sort of it freezes, and you hear his inner monologue talking about, oh, "What do I say? Or it's not, you know, it's not that bad, or it's, you know, it's his wife. I don't get to have any say about that, or what, you know, whatever, whatever." Kind of justifying it, and then kind of the end result is actually the mate going, "Actually, mate, you you shouldn't talk to her like that. That's not right. That's not cool," and and just even encouraging blokes to make that stand where they see and hear inappropriate language towards women not even violent stuff though certainly that's a part of it but just the 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 horrible hateful stuff or the the taking advantage of or the objectifying women just in the course of their business you know like a barmaid or or that sort of stuff that that's not on and sure it's a little bit wrapped up with a neat little package but that it happens and they show a little bit of that but i can't say anything against my mate and then the guy actually goes you know what i need to say something about this and he says it and his mate kind of, you know, cowers a little bit, but that they do it. It's really, really good series of ads. And I know they're running on Victorian television right now, and they are all over Facebook because they are just excellent examples of how blokes can actively engage in the simplest of stuff, which is calling out, dare I say it, their mates or absolutely other men when they treat women or say things about women that are just not on and perpetuate this idea that women are somehow second class or that you have the right to say those things about them or whatever it is. Steve, is this an intervention? Because I'm feeling a bit nervous right now. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Do I tell him? I mean, he hasn't been that bad, but it's his wife and not my... No, no, they're they're really great, Dave. And I'm just... I will keep an eye out for them if I'm ever watching commercial television. Or should you choose to go past Facebook? Um, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. No, I'm, I know, but I'm just saying. But that, that, um, that's it. They might show up on Instagram at some point. Oh, I'm sure if you went Googling them, someone's probably I'm put them on YouTube, right? Google. That's a government response. I'm not Googling ads. Oh, look, I'll Google them for you, then, you um, slack bastard. I was going to say, I, I, I haven't even watched the last three seasons of Gruen. I'm not Googling ads. Do I talk to Dave about his relationship with Google? Or do I... <laughs> I have. Why got... have you not seen the last three ep- series of Gruen or episodes no, of Gruen? But no, the last three series. Oh, because they did. They just. I just haven't. I don't know. I mean, it's it is it's passing television, right? It's transitory. Oh, look, look, you know, I, 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 
I I get the point. I, I, I get it. Later season's pretty good. I, I I believe you. There 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 are people in there who 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 I very much enjoy their work. It's just mm-hmm. I know Wednesday nights just don't seem to be a sit down and watch the telly sort of night. So I don't know. what are you doing on Wednesday nights? Playing board games sometimes, or you know, playing Fortnite. Well, look at you with your life. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I, I can't believe that you've chosen Fortnite over PUBG, honestly. Well, I, I didn't make the choice. It's just whatever Rupert's playing. Sure, I, I don't get that. I, I, think, I think he's not playing PUBG because I think it's gone out of beta, so you actually need to buy it now. So, so like Only my, on your Xbox. Like, on your iPad, it's still free. Oh, yeah, I'm not playing that game like that on my iPad. Besides, I'm trying to get an iPad mini. So, sure. uh, Although, that's it. That's it. Uh, uh, Fortnite's come out on the Nintendo Switch now as well. So, it has. So I've been playing it on the Xbox on the telly, and Rufin's been playing it on the Switch. Yes, yeah, same. Which Luke's, is hilarious. Luke's been playing it on the Switch. <laughs> now I will admit, I, I have tried playing Fortnite a bit, and as a as a you know battle royale game, sure, you know it's cartoony, it's a bit of fun, whatevs. I don't get the building process, and I oh, certainly haven't mastered that. No, it is. It, I'm not good at that at all. But I think it's really clever. Like it's, sure. It's fun when you get down to the, you know, like the last couple of people and everyone's sort of like uh, simultaneously trying to build a, a fort to protect themselves while trying to take fig- everyone else figure out, out a way to take out. It. Yeah, it's, it's, I like it. It's pretty cool. But I'm not very good at it. But also myself, then it's just the general sure. shooty gameplay, right? It's, yeah, it's like, what there seems to be. Like, I land and I go into a building and find whatever I can. <laughs> and then die, because that's what happens Other people to me. turn up and they've just got these magical weapons from somewhere. <laughs> and they just beat the snot out of you. How does yeah. that work? I don't get it. Oh, but I don't know. Because everyone's meant to start with nothing, right? It's not do. like you've been they playing do. longer. and I know. Look, look. so I've played, been playing like uh, duos with Rupert and we, you know, we, we've actually won a round. That was very exciting. Well done. It was great. And so the other night I thought, oh. I play a little bit of solo. Sure. And literally, I'm going into places and I'm finding weapons and I'm going, yeah, this is really, really good. And then I'll mm. like, I'll hear another player coming. Like you'll hear their footsteps. You're like, great. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna crouch behind this little thing here. Gonna wait for them to come around the corner and I'm just gonna absolutely nail them. And they do, and I get the drop on them and I shoot them and then I'm dead and I don't understand how it works. <laughs> there is something about the mechanic of how you shoot people in Fortnite that I'm yet to master. Well, that's at least what I appreciate about a PUBG, right? It's just I can sit there and I go, run into a building, I find some stuff, I know the kinds of weapons I want to get, and then I run out again and go, I need to get over here, and if I see people, I'm just going to shoot them. Done. Well, I try that in Fortnite, and sometimes, look, it seems to work sometimes, just I didn't do very well the other time. But this is the thing, I'll jump into Fortnite, and it's just too long between games. Like, if I die in the first 30 seconds, which is common Yeah, you just Fortnite, go back to the lobby and you pick another one. Yeah, but it takes flipping ages. No. No. I you... can't, I can't do it. I can't come at it. I've tried, I keep trying, and maybe I'm not persevering, but I just go... Why would I persevere with this when PUBG just works? And no, I can just jump into it no. and play it and get out. That's fair. That is that is fair. And I don't have to build crap. I just get to run around and shoot people. <laughs> the benefit is also that there are a number of other particularly young men that I deal with in my job um, that are like, oh, do you play PUBG? I went, yeah. Oh, let's let's play a game. All this is, sure. Like, Fine. I'm happy to show you how to ethically shoot someone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's just it's just a bunch of fun, and they, they you know they've all got their theories on how game sh- gameplay should happen. And I'm like, yeah, you can do that. I'm just going to run over here and kill that guy because he was going to shoot you. <laughs> they have no idea about how to flank anybody because we often play um, you know f- groups of four, um, and they're like, oh, you play so like a solo player. I said, no, I don't. I just know that if we're all running in the same direction, being shoulder to shoulder doesn't help us. No, see, that, that, that's obviously someone who didn't play enough uh, squad mode of uh, Battlefield back in the day, mate. Absolutely, young, right. young people. You young know, people. God, they just don't. They do no appreciation for history. No, they really don't understand, <laughs> do they? Oh boy. So, how, how, how did we get? To, oh, that's right, Julia Zamiro. You, you, <laughs> that's you right. T- you took us down that path. I no, I just said it was probably both out anyway. We don't need to revisit that. I'm sure my wife will be rolling her eyes gratuitously through all of this. Love you, honey. Oh boy. Ah, oh. and, and but you won't be going to see Julia because you're not going to the Logies, I hear. Oh, I, I cannot tell you how pissed off I am about this, Dave. So I bet you can. Oh, no, I can't adequately express it. We went down, Nick McLaughlin and I, who we do particularly Unreal Housewives podcasting, uh, went down to the Logies Noms and we uh, you know, interviewed some people there and had a bit of fun and that was all very great um, and was snubbed by Channel 10, but that's a whole other thing. Um, we've, we've discussed that on previous, uh, bitches. previous uh, conversations. Yeah, and then, so I'm thinking, right, well, we should hear a couple of weeks beforehand, you know, press, here's the, here's the thing, let us know how many you need and spot and we'll fit you on the carpet and do those things. Now, this isn't walk the carpet. This is be the people on the other side of the rope. Yeah, yeah. Calling out to people saying, hey, can we have a quick chat? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what is he wearing? And uh, what's your thoughts on North Korea disarming you know, its nuclearization program and all that sort of stuff? Um, so you, you basically get to be uh, a version of Richard Wilkins whose face can move. Yeah, that, that, a, much, a much more entertaining <laughs> version of Richard Wilkins uh, and those things. Um Anyway, so I reach out to the PR lady who did the thing, and I said, hey, look, I haven't heard, would love to come and cover the Logies, Can you, is there a spot for us, blah, 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 and of course, then be in the media room. So, you know, once the people come off stage after winning their awards, they come into the media room for a quick chat with the media that are there, and then they go back and enjoy themselves. And everyone's filing stories and writing the things, and blah, blah, blah. Um, now, of course, the catch is this. At the nominations, the editor of TV Week said to us, look, great to meet you, blah, blah, blah. So glad you could be here. Let us know if there's anything I can do for you. No worries. Find out from PR lady. Eh, they're sorry. Uh, our allocation is full. Well, fucking what? Like, it would be two people and the world's smallest camera. How? How is your allocation full? How could you not have kept room? I know, I know it's a short red carpet uh, at the Gold Coast. That's part of the move is a problem. and But even just like get us in the media room, right? Like Get us in there so that we can talk to people and file a story and tell, talk about the Logies and stuff. No. No, we're full. So that's a real shame. Like I wasn't sort of, oh, but look, that's a shame. We were keen to come and cover it. Um, yeah. Can you tell us nothing? Radio silence after, it's just not a thing. Then I reach out to Thomas, our mate at the editor at TV Week, and go, hey, 
would love to come and do this, but get told that the media allocation exhausted with what's going on. And it takes a day for him to get, oh, I've spoken to insert PR lady here, and yeah, she just said that, sorry, no, we're full. So that's the sum, that's you helping wow. out with anything. Wow. Like, I, so holy on. shit. Just, just take, sidebar. Are, are, are they, do they show the Logies live these days, or are they still putting them on a ridiculous delay? Uh, the, no, I think they are live, but they're on a slight delay, but not a paused delay, i.e. Uh, okay. when they so, used to go to an ad break, the Logies would continue, yep. but on the television broadcast, uh, it, it was done. Okay, so so like it used to. Well, they used they used to not even start it for half an hour to an hour. Like the broadcast was like delayed. Oh, back by... back in the day, we were a long time delayed. Yeah, yeah. now like, it's, back, now back, it's back, not back, very much. Back when Will Anderson got, got in the shit for his tweeting. Well, this became the problem. They used to yeah, they started an hour and a half ahead of the whole shebang, and then that was a thing. Yep. Uh, but yeah, now it's even sort of it's a lot tighter. And of course, I think they've finally embraced that. Social media is social media, and that's just um, how it is. Okay. Well, so if they I, are having... I, I was going to say, you, you, what you could do is just uh, see if you could get someone on the inside to just text you all the winners and just post spoilers all really over social this? media all night there, as a there, way of getting back at them. There's a Twitter account, at Logies Insider. Oh, really? That right. I don't know who runs it, but it only ever comes to life on Logies Night. Oh, I have right. some theories as to who it is. It mm-hmm. is definitely someone who has been in the room because back when it first surfaced, they were someone that was tweeting things like enough seconds that it got out and then it happened on the broadcast. Right, yep. So they were they were preaching truth and, and, and <clears throat> revealing information. And now I don't know, again, it could have been handed through a few people or whatever, but certainly that first instance, it was a thing. Now... I'm just waiting to see if they pop up again. And because last log is they weren't in the room, which helps me determine who, who was who and, and sort of help me nail down who things were. Um, I would love to know who it was, but I absolutely hope they're in the room this year because honestly, instead of celebrating it, and I know it's the Logies and people hate the Logies and all of those sorts of things. Now, all of this vibe the only reason I'm going to watch the Logies is to just hang shit on it. <laughs> I was at least going to be buoyant about it before. That'll help your application for oh, next year. honestly, just <laughs> screw those guys. You know? Like, it, it's, no, you're done. Like, fair enough, it's in Melbourne. I get that. You know, don't, I don't expect an invite there or those sorts of things. But now, it's like, guys, it is literally an hour and a half from my front door to where the Logies is being held. And no one has come to the party and offered me a ticket to their party. That's fine. I can deal with all of those things. But just, I know enough people that walking down the carpet to be able to shove a, a mic in their face and talk to them would have been great and made for a lot of really interesting, you know, just make it happen. Hey, I, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories and long-held grudge sure. ideas, but... Let's there, go there anyway. Is there a possibility that someone who's black banned you is um, still shitty about a cruise that they didn't get about oh, 10 years ago. <laughs> Look, if, if it was good luck to them, I doubt it pretty highly. Because uh, I, I, I kept, this is the thing, I actually protected my then boss pretty well as to why you know that never came to pass. Because certainly there was some follow-up by some people saying, hey, whatever happened to that cruise? Oh, they made some joke about it or whatever. And I went, look, I totally hear you and I'm sorry to hear that. He owes me $100,000. 
So, you know, I understand that that's disappointing. He also hung me out to dry. This was the situation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, there you go. There goes my only theory. Do you reckon Channel 10 of Black Band you? Oh, look, I I would absolutely honestly say that that the PR person is tight with probably some of the 10 crew and they've gone, you know, oh, look, he's just a pain. You don't want to have him there. He'll He'll just do bad things or whatever, whatever. Sure. And even if it's not them, it only takes... Television PR is the last great bastion of not understanding how anything works. <laughs> but seriously. They they still hold on to this, this idea that everything has to happen through them, even though every one of their celebrities they encourage to be on social media, which allows jerks like me to form a relationship and have direct message access to them, let alone the ones that then give me their phone number or call me themselves or do all of that sort of thing. Like, without trying to pump my own horn here, mate, if I was to publish my personal address book, there are a whole bunch of pretty reasonable numbers that don't need to get out in public that get out in public. Just because people have taken the time, they've wanted to contact me because they wanted to say something about something I've written or something that I've said, and I don't mean in a bad way. (laughs) Wait, let's be honest. No, actually, oh, God, fuck it. Mm. is just full of people who couldn't make it as journos, so, you know, what do you expect? It's, look, it, it, it's just, it's crazy talk, and, and I, it, it just, it disappoints me. This is the icing on the cake, really, because I was actually really keen to go down and make, have a bit of fun, sure, at the Logies' expense, but be at the Logies and be involved in it, and look, it's, it's, it's a crappy thing, but it's our crappy thing, right? That's the, that's the long and the short of it. And, and... To just kind of be told, oh, no, there's no room in the media room for you. Like, please, bitches. Honestly, there'll be two or three people from Her Magazine. There'll be people from bloody Scoopler and all sorts of... Just yet, yet, yet. Asking, you know, this is the thing. Asking inane questions, Dave. Not actually engaging with the people and asking them interesting stuff. Not doing anything. Just going, how does it feel to win a Logie? Like, really? Come on. Is that the best you can offer? <sighs> hey, before we go... People just... people in the industry that should know mispronouncing people's names, saying they were on TV shows they were not on. Like, sure, the nature of podcasting and, and stuff means that, all right, you might stuff something up. But to just be really wrong, like not a bit wrong, but really wrong. Like I was... Oh, this is beautiful. You, you, I, was, I listened to the Media Week podcast still for some reason. Um, I really like Andrew Mikado. He is, uh, he styled himself as kind of like Australia's TV historian. And now he and his partner run a cinema up on the north coast near Southwest Rocks uh, of New South Wales. So he's not in Sydney as often, uh, but he's still... Mid-North Coast, mate. Sorry, Mid-North Coast. Um, He has this connection to, to movies as much as he does. He's a former PR himself. But he does a good job, and he's always on Jonesy and Amanda talking about television and movies and things. Uh, anyway, they Andrew uh, and the guy from Media Week always have a podcast, probably once a month, talking about television and those sorts of things. But it's about what's coming up and what they've watched and what they're excited about. Broadly, they are really good. Usually, they they have most of the details right. Fine. A few episodes ago, and I think it's even still up in their feed, they had their hour-and-a-half chat with Andrew Remote and James Local. And then, you know, well, thanks very much, Andrew, and you know, talk to you next week. 
podcast ends. Now, I was driving at the time. Normally, I, I would have just stopped the podcast there. But I was driving, and I saw that it still had 30 seconds to run. And I'm the saddest that goes, maybe they just left 30 seconds of silence on the end of it accidentally. I'll listen to it anyhow. Except that then about five seconds later, they started talking to each other again. Oh, God. And they started saying some things that should not have been on that podcast. Oh, About what they really thought about some of the the TV they had just (laughs) talked about. It was beautiful. Oh, and it's still up? Oh, well, I haven't gone back to double check to see that it is that they may have taken it down or trimmed the end off. But I will say to you that probably the poor guy at Media Week doesn't know how to fix it. Like, how, like he thinks if he takes it down, they'll lose the things. Anyway. Wow. Um, but it was it was like they just talked about some show and, and Andrew went, you know, look, I like to throw them a bone. They don't do very much normally. And this is at least something interesting that we can talk about. And it's gobsmacking. You know the 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 like when because when I talk about TV on a podcast, I'm just going to tell you how it is. I'll tell you what I think of it. People may doubt me and say, "Oh, you're only telling us." No, I'm look. I, I get the benefit of not really talking about bad stuff if I don't want to, and only talking about good stuff because I want to. No one tells me I have to talk about some show. I don't work for, you know, some television network or sorry, magazine or whatever that says you must talk about. Um, the the single wives or whatever the new TV show is that Fifi Box is hosting. What an overrated piece of mess that woman is. Um, yeah, I don't have to talk about it because I don't want to. Because there's no benefit in me talking about it. I might say, look, it's not great. Don't check it out, people, or whatever. But I wouldn't go, oh, no, it's really good. And then say, well, you know, we've kept them happy. We'll keep, they'll, they'll be happy. to No. And that's in part probably why I'm in the position of my own making. Because I will be honest, but not brutal. But you push me, I will unfucking load on you. <laughs> it now makes me want to go and see if it's still there. Just that last 30 seconds of just that. Because, yeah, they didn't just, mean to leave that on. Just, and put it, that, just put that 30 seconds up on SoundCloud. <laughs> I, re- I really wish that i just, yeah, straight away gone and got it right then. Because, well, gee, it's good. Is it still in your pod? Or did you automatically? Are you an automatic? Yeah, mine dumps it as soon as I've listened to it. Um, But they haven't put out enough episodes that I can probably go back and quickly just go through the last five of them, (laughs) jump to the last thirty seconds, and see if it's still there. If I can, I will point you at it because it is. Don't listen to the whole thing. Just jump to the last thirty seconds. (laughs) It's priceless. That would be good. Hey, listen. Did you see on on Twitter this week? Big big news about the uh, container deposit scheme, Steve. Hit me. Fill me in. Uh, well, apparently, the people of Korowa have decided... Mate, mate, they have decided to engage in some arbitrage. Yes. And they have stopped buying their bottled products in Korowa. <gasps> they are driving to Rutherglen over the Victorian border to save themselves their $2.40 per carton. And then, then they are claiming the deposit back that they have not paid for at the uh, deposit station in Korowa. A scam. So much so that apparently the one of the supermarkets in Korowa has had to reduce some staffing their staffing levels. So there you Are go. Serious? Serious? Uh, yeah. Our, 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 mate, our Korowa correspondent chimed in on Twitter. I'm uh, reduction in staffing just because people are buying their their bottles elsewhere to come in and apparently, without apparently. loading to then get the loading on it. Yep. 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 Now. Uh, uh, now I admit, Steve, 
again, this probably again highlights my own privilege and stupidity. But the, <laughs> I, I didn't even consider the fact that I could go and buy stuff in Wodonga and bring it back to Albury. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you and, did and, talk about and, nobody shops in Wodonga. You were very, you, you were you were pretty harsh against what ultimately is your your local town. What, what, listen, because you guys don't live in Albury, like on New South Wales side, do you? Yes. Oh, do you? I thought you yeah. lived in Victorian side. No. Well, you're well, living, I, you're doing so bloody much in Victorian side. No, no, you know, no, route, no, no. going down for cricket, hockey, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know we do. But that, it, look, listen. <laughs> actually, actually, Wodonga over the last couple of years. They have done an enormous amount to uh, beautify the city and they've got some really interesting places sure. and a great little sort of foodie area popping up in, in the CBD and all that sort of stuff. So it, like, it, it is actually a nice uh, little spot. But like, you don't go there. Why would you go there to do your shopping? I mean, it, it, yeah. Border towns are weird. Border, like Ever since we moved here, right, so that's 20 years ago now, for the last 20 years... Every couple of years, Wodonga Council trumpets the fact that they've got a developer who's going to build a cinema in in Wodonga. Yep. This is despite the fact that we have like uh, a not like the the cinema complex here in Albury has like nine cinemas, including two gold class cinemas, right? And that's five minutes away from Wodonga. So Wodonga has a cinema centre. It's just in Albury, and yet they keep saying, "Oh no, we're going to build like a like." It, it always and it's always like with a with a with a ten pin bowling center. We are going to build a ten pin bowling center with with a cinema complex in in Wodonga, and it's just like why why would you do that? Like, what do you, what possible advantage do you think that that is going to bring to your town? So thankfully, somewhere along the line, like, and they've never ever gone through. Like they can, I, I think. God, this tells you how long it's been going on. Back in, the day, back in the days when I actually used to write on my personal blog, I wrote like a satirical wow. thing saying about how like a flying car dealership was coming to Wodonga before the, a, a cinema centre did. Um, and, God, that was probably 10 years ago. Um, so it's an ongoing thing. But, you know, like, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go over to Wodonga to do your shopping. Like... It, it, well, certainly not if you lived on the Albury side, right? Well, no, because everything that they have in Wodonga, they have in Albury anyway, and plus they have other stuff in Albury that they don't have in Wodonga. Like if you, like people, yeah, no. <laughs> that, that's it. I, I won't even go to North Albury to go shopping either, because I am just an insular little man who likes to not have to travel any further than about four blocks away from where I live. <laughs> small, small man. Well, considering you can go up the road. To recycle your bottles. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, up the road. Literally up the road, yeah, yeah. Don't be creepy, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. So, that's, man, that whole recycle... Well, this, it, it'll be the... <sighs> is, is, is the Tenerfield petrol thing? It, it, it's, who knows? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to solve it, Stephen. Mate, like, well, we're staring down the same problem here, right? But, we're but about see, to. But here's the crazy thing: like, it didn't even occur to me to go to Wodonga to, to, you know, to buy slabs of beer or buy whatever else you, you buy in bottles and cans. And Wodonga is closer to Albury than Rutherglen is to Corowa, <laughs> and yet the people in Corowa, they, like, obviously on mass, have decided that it is worth driving down to Rutherglen to to save that two dollars forty. And get the other two dollars forty at the. I mean, really, I mean, it's not actually no. It's not even like you are saving that. Um, you're not really getting like 
um, $4.80 because the 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 $2.40 savings kind of arbitrary, isn't it? It's like, anyway. Really? It is? Yeah. Very? Yeah, no, just, anyway. Unintended consequences, Stephen. Unintended consequences. <sighs> what is happening? The world's gone How mad. How do we get into this situation? Start, when the, it starts with ballet concerts where they charge you to, to hire out uh, costumes for your own child. Ends with ro- ends with Roombas and, and recycling arbitrage. And then rooting your best friend's mate. <laughs> <laughs> Just what is going on? Oh. <laughs> oh, how, how, how delightful am I to the people that are in polyamorous relationships? Rooting your best friend's mate. This has been a weird fucking episode. <laughs> well, look, they can't it's, all be gold, right? They can't all be oh, no, this me is sharing stories of my freaking mum <laughs> or my crazy-ass boss. This is gold. Sorry, oh, sorry crazy-ass oh. ex-boss. Oh, there we go. Right. So there's still some light to come into this scenario, but very quickly, the highlights are that the General Secretary Boss Boss has mm. spoken to my boss. He had a very crappy week last week, mm. uh, but the outcome from everyone's perspective, his perspective, is that he remains in the role he had. However, we don't answer to him. We now have some other answering structure that ultimately gets us through to the general secretary. You have a dotted reporting line instead oh, of... Oh, it's not even form. dotted. He has no influence over us. Wow. wow We're wow. not in the reporting function. Yep. It would make no sense. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I tell you what. I'm and so, here we are. I, I'm, so glad, I'm so glad our show notes are the way that they are because... Trying to summarise the last hour and a half. <laughs> Could you imagine? Which is... Would just be dot points. <laughs> At three thirty, Mog talks about this. At fifty six thirty, Dave mentioned something. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, uh, it's been a big week. Well, Huge the biggest, week. like crazy. Mm. <laughs> I love you, Stephen Mog. I love you, Dave. Bye. Bye.